is good, everybody. Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, flying solo on this Monday after the Super Bowl. We have a ton to react to. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They get the win over the Chiefs, 31-9. to It was an absolute beatdown. We're going to get into some of my reactions, comparing how the game went last night to the Super Bowl in 2019. Um, some of the things I've seen from 49ers fans on Twitter that I disagree with and, uh, the ever present Tom Brady criticism, which has now circled back to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan because they of course told him thanks, but no thanks before last season. Before we get into all that, of course, I want to remind you, please rate review and subscribe to the Niners nation podcast network. Shout out to metal McCoy, who says I'm a big fan. I listen to a lot of 49ers podcasts. And I love the Niners Nation pods, every single one. Keep it up, guys. That is the plan. So thank you very much for your review and the five-star rating. Like I said, please keep them coming. We really do appreciate it, and it really helps. Okay. So Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs actually look human in the Super Bowl. Mahomes is running around for his life. He ran for basically 500 yards before being sacked or throwing a pass in the game, which is an absolutely incredible statistic. And I have to say, my only thought watching that game was that is exactly what I thought the 49ers defense was going to do to Mahomes. Now, I guess I shouldn't say exactly because that was horrible. The Chiefs backup offensive linemen were just basically worked on every single play. But I thought that that's what we were going to see. A lot more of Mahomes scrambling and running for his life and just not able to get anything going. Nothing was easy for Mahomes last night. I think there was like one play where he actually dropped back, got to step up into the pocket and make a regular throw from a regular arm angle to an open wide receiver. Very few times did that happen for him. That's what I thought we were going to see more of in the Super Bowl. And to be honest, for three quarters, we did in the Niners Super Bowl in 54. And then Mahomes kind of took over. But the biggest difference I thought, well, two things, two things. One The officials were actually throwing flags in Super Bowl 55. Great to see. I thought Tony Romo did a great job on the broadcast, pointing out multiple times how the Chiefs love to hold on defense. They actually called it in the game, which I totally agree with. I say if it's a penalty in September, it's a penalty in February. I don't care that it's the Super Bowl. If you you let people break the rules, you are also impacting the game. People love to say that, oh, the refs are taking over the game. No, whether they throw a flag or not, they are affecting the game. So you can't escape that by not throwing a flag. Good job by the refs. They did it. The Chiefs ended up with 11 penalties in the game for like 133 total yards, something like that. It was absolutely insane. And the Chiefs got what they deserved. And the thing that I thought was interesting was after the penalties, the Chiefs seemed to really lose their composure. Two of the penalties were 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct calls, one was an offsides penalty that took a field goal off the board for the Bucs and led to a touchdown. So that's a four-point penalty. They didn't call those in the Super Bowl against the 49ers, and I just wonder if they had, would we have seen the lack of composure in that Super Bowl as well? That would have been interesting because the 49ers would have had the lead. If they start throwing some of these flags, maybe the wheels come off for the Chiefs a little bit. They start to panic on defense. That would have added an extra layer to it for sure, but we know they didn't throw the flags and the Chiefs eventually came back to win. I saw a lot of 49ers fans on Twitter yesterday during the game and even today 
a lot of like laughing gifts and cheering on Mahomes and the Chiefs struggles. And look, I get it, man. I definitely get it. Like there was something satisfying about seeing Superman humbled a little bit. I mean, the last time we saw him in the Super Bowl, he was leading a fantastic comeback and stealing our Lombardi trophy. So I get fans in the moment saying, ha ha, yes, let's stop the Mahomes praise. Let's slow it down. I don't have any problem if you took a little enjoyment out of what we saw last night. A little schadenfreude. I think that's how you say that, but you know what I'm talking about. But there has to be a limit to it. I mean, this loss by Mahomes doesn't put the trophy in our hands. Like, it doesn't make up for the fact that we didn't get the job done last year, that we didn't seal the deal. So, yeah, you can have a little bit of enjoyment, but, like, walking around today with your chest puffed out as if something good happened for you doesn't make any sense to me. Like, they beat us. We didn't get it done. What are you laughing at? They got back to the Super Bowl. We didn't. We didn't even make the playoffs. People act like a Super Bowl loss, like there's shame in a Super Bowl loss. No, dude, you got there. There's That's a credit to you. Even if you don't win, that is still a feather in your cap. You are a conference champion, and that is not easy to do. So to knock the Chiefs today because they didn't win, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me coming from a 49ers fan. Like, I don't get that. So I understand wanting to enjoy it, but I think we are sort of taking it to levels beyond where it's supposed to go. And that's a little weird to me. We didn't do anything last night. Nothing good happened for the 49ers last night. And that sort of brings me to my next point, because I saw this on Twitter Sunday night, especially among the 49ers fandom. And I saw it from some of the national media as well. Mike Florio had a tweet that basically said the Tom Brady wanted to play for the 49ers and the 49ers passed, which is true. But I still don't knock the 49ers for that. Like, I'm not going to blame Kyle and John. Like, this is uncharted territory. Tom Brady is 43 years old. And I don't care what anybody says. Nobody had any idea that he was going to throw 40 touchdowns this year. Like, no, that's unbelievable. He's 43. He threw 40 touchdowns. Do you know how many guys have thrown 40 touchdowns in the history of the league? I think it's like 10. Like, it doesn't happen that often. So I don't blame Kyle and John for looking at a team that got them to the Super Bowl within five or six minutes of a Super Bowl title and saying, do we really want to change the most important position for a guy that's playing in the NFL longer than any quarterback basically has ever played in the history of the league? I don't bang on them for not wanting to do that. Like, that's a lot of risk that they would have been assuming. And if it didn't work out, what would they say? How could you get rid of 28-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo for 43-year-old Tom Brady? They thought that was going to be a good idea. So, like, to look back now and criticize the 49ers, I feel like that's hindsight. That's not fair. And there's also no way that they could have Garoppolo as Brady's backup again. Like, that just wouldn't have worked either. So, no, I don't fault Kyle and John for that. I, I totally get the process. I think the process was correct in that case. Now, would Brady have helped? 100%. Absolutely. In fact, I think if Tom Brady were the quarterback for the 49ers, they would have made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure I believe that. Even with all their injuries, I think they probably would have found a way to get it done. Did they get back to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I have no idea. Look, we just saw a crazy playoff game in the Super Bowl where the Chiefs got dominated. There's no reason to think that that couldn't happen to the 49ers if Brady were there. So I don't know that they get back to the Super Bowl, but yeah, he would have helped. They would have been better because he would have played. 
Obviously, you wouldn't have had Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. That would have been an improvement. But I don't say, oh, you put Tom Brady on the Niners, they're definitely in the Super Bowl. I don't think you can do that either. And look, I'm a Niner fan, and I say that I'm trying to be objective here. Now, when I look ahead to next year, I think it's pretty interesting. Brady says he's coming back. Bruce Arians says he's coming back. You know, the homer in me likes to think that the 49ers are going to be right in the mix next season. Assuming they don't have those massive injuries like we saw in 2020, I think they'll probably have a different quarterback. But even if they don't, if Jimmy's there and he's healthy, I think that they are right back in the mix. And to be honest with you, I would love to see this current 49ers team against Brady's Buccaneers. I think that would be fascinating because I think Brady is the perfect kind of quarterback for the 49ers pass rush. I think Nick Bosa would love to see number 12 back there, a stationary guy who's not going to run around. How many times does he actually get that? I mean, it seems like every quarterback the 49ers play is a guy that can run around and make plays. Bosa would love it. He would be feasting on Tom Brady. I think he'd have a much better success than the Kansas City Chiefs had last night. I mean, their biggest pass rusher is Frank Clark. He had six sacks this year. Like, Bosa's on another level. Not to mention Armstead and Kinlaw and yada, yada, yada. So that would be a fascinating matchup. I know the Niners' defense was not going to be as good as it was in 2019, but I still think they'll be good enough to slow the Bucks down. Hopefully we get to see that. That would be fantastic. By the way, quick side note, the Buccaneers go to New England next year. So it's possible if the 49ers did make a quarterback change and Jimmy Garoppolo went back to New England that you could have Garoppolo and the Patriots against Brady and the Buccaneers in Foxborough with Brady as the defending Super Bowl champion. I don't root necessarily for storylines for other teams, but man, that would be an awesome thing to see, wouldn't it? Speaking of quarterbacks, John Lynch said something over the weekend about Patrick Mahomes that a lot of 49ers fans, I think, are taking the wrong way. I'll let you hear what he said, and then I'll explain why I think people are getting it wrong after the break. Welcome back to the Niners Nation podcast. Before we get into John Lynch's quote, I don't want to give him some props. Congratulations to the 49ers GM. He is going into the Hall of Fame class. He was finally elected. He got the knock on the door from David Baker, and it's well-deserved. Congratulations, John Lynch. You are in the Hall of Fame. Now, because of that election to the Hall of Fame, John Lynch had to do a press conference with the media. And of course, this is right before the Super Bowl was played. This is Super Bowl Saturday. So not surprisingly, Lynch gets asked about Patrick Mahomes. And this is where it got a little interesting because here's John Lynch talking about Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of people think he kind of threw Kyle Shanahan under the bus. That will probably haunt me for a while um, because I remember going to his pro day and, you know, we were in a different place as an organization and we had a different plan for quarterback. And so we really weren't. I remember going to his uh, his pro day doing my job, but but really it's kind of a smokescreen because we were going elsewhere and then calling our head coach, uh, Kyle, and saying, uh, we might want to rethink this because he put on a show. Now, I'm not going to lie. That doesn't sound great. And when you see it in just print, it looks even worse. Um, but here's the thing. You have to understand the dynamic here. John Lynch works for Kyle Shanahan. Kyle hired John. So John Lynch is not going to publicly try and trash his boss. And I know a lot of Niner fans are taking it that way because he said, well, I was at the pro day. I was doing my job, but it was a smoke screen. And, you know, I can't, I left the pro day and told Kyle that we need to reevaluate here. Look, 
it sounds like he's trying to do that, but that's not what's going on here. John Lynch knows what side his bread is buttered on, so to speak. He knows he serves at the pleasure of Kyle Shanahan. I think that John Lynch went a little over the top in trying to compliment Patrick Mahomes and inadvertently kind of threw some shade at Kyle Shanahan. I think that's what happened because he's trying to give him a compliment. He's not trying to throw Kyle under the bus or get on the right side of history, as some people are saying. That's not it. Like, that's not how John Lynch rolls. When has he ever done that before, ever? When has John Lynch ever publicly criticized anybody, especially in the 49ers organization? Like, that is not what happened. I don't think he realized how it was going to look after he said it. He's trying to compliment Patrick Mahomes. He's not trying to rip the head coach of his own team, who is also his boss. The only thing that I sort of didn't like in that quote, because I believe that part of it is true, when he talks about being there as a smokescreen, I really do think that part is true because of what Kyle Shanahan has said in the past. Look, we didn't scout Patrick Mahomes like we should have. Kyle has admitted that. So to hear John Lynch say, yeah, I was there and I was doing my job, but it was really more of a smokescreen. That upsets me a little because that means that by the time the pro days were happening, as John Lynch said in the quote, the 49ers had already made up their mind as to what they were going to do at quarterback. To me, that's bad process. That's the part of this that I can't get over. I know some people at Twitter have said, oh, get over it by now. They got to a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. The process was bad. How can you already decide by the time the pro days are going on that you're not going to draft these guys in the first round? Like, take a look at them. Why not look at all the data, look at everything, and then make your decision? You know, like, I understand you watch some of the film on Mahomes maybe and you were 50-50, you were unsure, but go to the pro day. Like, watch the guy throw, see what he can do physically. John Lynch also said in the quote, they went to dinner with him and they loved Mahomes. So it's like, okay, let's let's examine this, right? You go to dinner, you talk with him, you loved him. That's definitely part of the process. Getting to know these guys, trying to get a sense of their work ethic, yada, yada, yada. Then you go to the pro day and Lynch just said he put on a show. He's throwing balls all over the place, finished it off with an 80-yard chuck. Like, that's impressive. Okay, maybe then you take a fresh look at the film. Let me check again. Let me see. What, what do I like from this guy? What do I not like from this guy? But to to have it all sort of figured out. And by the way, that plan, Lynch said, you know, we were we had a different plan at quarterback. That was Kirk Cousins. That was your plan. So to me, that's crazy. That's bad process to have just decided tunnel vision that that's what you're going to do and nothing is going to change your mind. Hopefully, that is not the case this offseason. That's what my hope is that they learned their lesson. And it's a painful lesson to learn because you lost one Super Bowl to him. And obviously, he, you're still looking for a quarterback now. But hopefully, this has taught them that they cannot decide on what they're doing before all the information and the facts are in. And this is a tough year because, I mean, Trey Lance literally played one game this year because of COVID. The The schedule was all messed up. The practice schedules, everything. It was a crazy topsy-turvy year. There's no combine this year. There, everybody's going to be working out at, at the, the pro days and the league is going to try and like regulate it so that they're all kind of doing the same drills so that teams could have, you know, apples to apples comparisons for these guys. This is a very weird year. 
Now, I think there's opportunity in that because potentially some guys that might not have fallen in a regular year with a regular evaluation and scouting process could fall, which works in the 49ers' favor. But, I mean, it also could cause teams to be more aggressive and roll the dice a little more. Like, we don't really know what the effect is going to be. But it is an incredibly difficult year for scouting. And so, to me, you have to try and get as much information as you can. You cannot just decide one way or another, this is what we're doing, and nothing's going to change that. So that was the soundbite that was going around 49ers Twitter. People were thinking that that was going to cause some friction between Lynch and Shanahan. I don't think that's what's happening at all. A couple of more things I wanted to get to. There was a report that the 49ers are going to bring back Josh Rosen. He's a restricted free agent. Great. Why not? Right now, that quarterback room is Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Rosen, and Josh Johnson. So why not bring him back? He already has a head start on learning the system. There's not going to be any offseason. I think you got to dump Mullins and Beathard anyway. So come on back, Josh Rosen. And who knows? If the 49ers stick with Jimmy and they've got to play a game or two without him, Maybe Josh Rosen can step up and win a game. Why not? I think it's a perfectly logical flyer to take on a backup quarterback. He's still pretty young. Good job. The other thing I saw over the weekend is that Frank Gore wants to come back with the 49ers. He's pushing hard to put on that 21 again, as he said. Tell Kyle, tell Jed to bring me back. It would be cool, but I'm just going to say right now, The only contract I want to see Frank Gore sign with the 49ers is a one-day contract for him to sign it, be a member of the team, and then ride off into the sunset. There is no place on this team for the ghost of Frank Gore. And I love Frank. He's one of my all-time favorite players. I still wear the Frank Gore jersey, and I don't think I'll ever stop. But he has to stop. (laughs) Like, enough is enough now. Come on now, Frank. I love you, and I understand that you still want to play, but... You just don't have it anymore. And there's no shame in that. You're like 50 years old. That's fine. But there's a lot of 49ers fans clamoring for Frank Gore to come back. It's it's a great story. I get it. But Kyle Shanahan likes speed, as Kyle Posey said last week. Frank Gore never had speed when he was young. Now he's got like the speed of a golf cart. No, thank you. There was a veteran name, however, that I thought was kind of interesting for the Niners, and it'd be another veteran cornerback from a sort of a rival team that would be coming over to wear the scarlet and gold, and that's Patrick Peterson, because apparently it has come out that Peterson and the Cardinals are going to part ways. I believe he is a free agent. They are not going to bring him back, and the 49ers desperately have a need at cornerback. Let's be honest. Right now, it's... Emmanuel Mosley, who I think is a restricted free agent, and a bunch of nothing, pretty much. We don't know if Jason Verrett's going to be back because he's probably going to be looking for a big contract that the Niners can't afford. I think Kwan Williams is going to follow Robert Sala to the Jets. I think Richard Sherman is either going to wind up with the Jets or the Raiders now since John Gruden is literally just flat out openly begging him. The Niners have a need at cornerback, and you're going to need more than one Even if you draft somebody, I should say, you're going to need to find other guys to fill in. Patrick Peterson could be interesting. Now, I will say, he's not Patrick Peterson from a few years ago. Even though he's only 30, like, he's not the same guy. He has gotten a lot worse. But do I think he's bad? Absolutely not. I think it should be a name that the 49ers consider. They should take a hard look at it. I don't know what his price tag is going to be. I don't know what his priorities are. Does he want to get paid? Does he, you know, willing to take a little less to go to a team that he think is going to be in it? 
you know, I don't know. We haven't heard anything yet. It's still pretty early in the process. But this is a guy that has eight Pro Bowls, three first-team All-Pros, could provide a little leadership there in that room as well, potentially, you know, a room that could see a lot of young players there. I would be intrigued by that. I could understand the 49ers wanting to bring in Patrick Peterson for sure. What do you think? Do you think that the 49ers should roll the dice on a 30-year-old cornerback who's spent years tormenting us with the Arizona Cardinals? Or do you think they should go draft? We'd love to hear your plans. You can hit us up on Twitter at any time. We are at NN Podcasts. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, I want to remind you, please rate, review, and subscribe. As I always say, we love your reviews. Keep them coming. Even if you're not thrilled with us and you think we stink, like tell us how to get better. Tell us what you want to hear more of, and we will be happy to try and oblige for you as we still build this thing up. If you're interested in arguing on Twitter, I am always available for you. I am at Stats on Fire. I like to say I am there for the arguments. There's going to be plenty of news this week. Carson Wentz could be traded any day now. There will be domino effects, and we'll get into what that will mean for the 49ers if they are not the team that trades for him, which please do not let them be the team that trades for Carson Wentz. But we'll break it all down. We'll be here with you all offseason, so don't go anywhere. Enjoy the offseason, everybody, and we'll talk soon.